God's call for all of us is the same. He does not discriminate. To be like him, Christ commands us to be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. This episode of Physically Spiritual will explore this high calling and what it means for our lives. Welcome to Physically Spiritual. I've been amazed by how much growing physically healthier has changed my spiritual life. I am captivated with discovering the truth about my body and how it relates to my relationship with God. Physically Spiritual is my attempt to harmonize and share what I've discovered. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. Before we get started today, I want to draw your attention to our show notes. We make an effort to make the best show notes in the Catholic podcast world. So every quote that we give, every reference will be there in the notes. Uh, So just go and take a look at those to go deeper in any of the topics we discuss. If you want to support everything we're doing here at Awaken Catholic, consider becoming a part of the Awaken Nation. To become part of the Awaken Nation, go to awakencatholic.org forward slash donate. Here at Awaken, we are partners with the Hollow app. Hollow is a Catholic meditation app to help you find peace and grow in your spiritual journey. Go to hollow.app forward slash awaken. I also want to draw your attention to my website, becominggift.com. If you want to go deeper on these topics, you can see my blog there or to apply any of the topics we discuss in the show, you can find my coaching practice at becominggift.com. The Second Vatican Council says that all the faithful of Christ, of whatever rank or status, are called to the fullness of the Christian life and to the, to the perfection of charity. All the faithful, right? Some people uh, struggle with the idea that there's sort of two classes of Christians in the church. There are the holy people. Maybe you think those are the clergy, the religious, the sisters, the brothers uh, that taught you in your childhood or something like that, that those are the holy people. And then all of us lay people, us pew sitters and uh, basket fillers, we're, we're sort of a second class kind of Christian. <laughs> this isn't the way the church understands our call. In the church's eyes, Everyone is called to the same holiness. Everyone is called to the same perfection of charity and the fullness of the Christian life. Whether you're a priest or sister, or whether you're a layperson, whether you're, you're single, you're married, divorced, widowed, all of us are called to the same holiness, to this high calling. And Christ says to be perfect as my heaven fa- heavenly Father is perfect. The church is not a waiting room. <laughs> Right? We might get the sense that, that our, our Christian life is all about waiting for the coming of the kingdom. Right? I'm just here checking the boxes until I die or until Christ comes back. And then the real Christian life begins. Right? So for now, we're just sort of in a holding pattern. No, this isn't what Christianity is. The point is not just to get to heaven at the end. It's to make heaven present now. In our life, we don't just wait for heaven to come at some point in the future, but by our Christian life, we manifest heaven around us. So the kingdom of heaven in the Our Father, we pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And Christ in his preaching said, the kingdom of God is at hand. So if something's at hand, it means you can reach out and touch it. It's within your reach. So in our life as as Christians, we're not just called to follow the, some stale set of rules and doctrines. No, we're called into a dynamic relationship with God. 
And in this relationship with God, in our conversion and growth, we're not just uh, becoming better and better humans. We're also becoming like God, more and more like God. And the opposite is the case, too. Uh, when, we're, when we're moving away from God, when we're sinning, when we're struggling, we're in some sense manifesting the kingdom of hell. Romans chapter 6 says the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Uh, so we're, we're either going closer to God, striving for, for God's perfection, seeking the kingdom and making the kingdom manifest here on earth, or we're going the other direction. In a sense, our eternity starts now. Right? Our life as a Christian is a preamble to the eternal life in heaven, but, but the book is already being written. We're already living our eternal destiny now. The question is, which kingdom are we serving? And I want to set this up as a context, uh, because in upcoming episodes of Physically Spiritual, we're going to get into a lot of practicals, uh, practicals about physical health and lifestyle, and also practicals about spiritual health and spiritual life. Um, but, but as we're doing all of this, we need to set our sights on the goal. We need to orient our vision, or, or you might think of uh, if you're doing uh, maybe target practice, you have to adjust your scope uh, to the right distance. So it's essential that we adjust our scope to the right distance. And that distance is God's perfection. That distance is the eternity of heaven. Anything we set our sights on that's just of this earth ultimately falls short. And this is even more essential when we're talking about physical health and well-being. Because we can really easily have goals in our hearts and minds that actually would be for our physical detriment. Like we, we might just think of physical health as... Uh, you know, achieving a certain look, right? Having a six pack or, or looking good in your swimsuit, like I've said before, right? This isn't physical health. You could actually look really good on the surface, but under the surface, uh, be unhealthy. Uh, maybe you, you even know people from your own life whom struggle with some illness or, or, or maybe have a heart attack or something. And you say, how did that happen? They look so good, right? Our, our surface looks are not necessarily an indicator of health, and then on the other hand, we might just set our sights on being free of sin. But health isn't just a lack of disease. Right? You might not have anything that a doctor could diagnose and still feel pretty bad. And maybe you've even had that experience of not feeling like something isn't quite right. You don't have the same energy, the same vitality, the same passion and purpose in your life. And you go to a doctor um, and, and they, they say, well, you don't have anything. Right? Nothing's wrong with you. And they probably send you to a psychologist or a counselor or something, thinking it's all in your head. Uh, but the reality is that health is something deeper. Health is the full functioning and flourishing of the body. So when we think about the health of the body, we have to, to, to go deeper to those systems of the body um, that affect every element or every organ system of the body. Right? It's not just the org organ of the skin looking good and, and your cardiovascular system working good and your neurological system working well, but, but there are shared functions of your whole body which are either functioning properly or dysfunctioning. Once this dysfunctioning reaches a certain point, it affects the functioning of the organ systems, and then you start to have symptoms on the surface. And sometimes we take those symptoms and we label them with the name, and those names that we give them are different diseases. But that's all a disease is, is it's a label we give to a certain set of symptoms in the body. But at the base of what's happening are, are dysfunctions in these core systems, 
um, that, that come across all of your different organs, right? You're, you're an integrated whole as a person, and this is on the physical level and also on the spiritual level. So some of these physical functions would be things like the ability to assimilate uh, stuff from the outside. So whether you're, you're breathing in air or taking in food and water, but the ability to properly digest or, or integrate that, those inputs from the outside, that's a core system. Your, your energy of your body, your mitochondria, the ability for your body to, to transfer those raw materials into energy and motivation. Also, your body's ability to eliminate waste. Right? Is your body getting rid of, of toxins, uh, whether it be from the digestive process or other environmental things coming in? Another thing would be like the structure of your body, the strength, your bone density. Uh, how, how strong is, is your body as a whole? So we have this, this deeper functionality of the body that all of the organ systems share. So true health is the functioning and flourishing of these systems. And then we, we can take this into the spiritual life and ask the question, what is holiness? Well, holiness isn't just achieving a certain look, learning how to do holy things and looking right in church or, or learning the right prayers to say. Right? These surface things, while they are important, it's not the essence of, of spiritual health and holiness. Right? These things could actually become vanities. They could be expressions of vice. Uh, and holiness isn't just the lack of spiritual, quote-unquote, disease or what you might call sin. Right? It's not just a matter of weeding out all your sins and then when you stop sinning, you're holy. It's true that, that typically holiness comes along with weeding out sins in your life, um, but there's something deeper. Holiness is the full functioning of the human person. I mean, according to God's design, physically and spiritually, being created in God's image and likeness, holiness is that full functioning. So in God's original design, God was a part of the picture. We're, we're not just a pure nature that works all fine and dandy without God being involved. To be fully human is to be in relationship with God. And then in the new covenant, uh, Christ comes and redeems us. Uh, those in the early church said things like, Christ became man so that man could become more like God. We're called to transcend our nature on some level, and we do this through the theological virtues. Faith, hope, and love is to have God's mind and heart in, in any given situation of life. Uh, so we have these gifts that God initiates in us that even takes us beyond our human nature uh, to live in his divine nature. So this is what holiness is, and this is what we have to set our sights on. So all of our conversations about physical health, about mental health, about holiness in, in, in prayer, uh, we need to have that goal in mind. Not just looking good on the surface, not just weeding sin out, but actually becoming like God, becoming Christians, becoming little Christs in the world. We're called to that level. Here is what Pope Francis says in his beautiful document on the spiritual life called Gaudium et Exaltate. In, in paragraph 32, he says, Do not be afraid of holiness. It will Take away none of your energy, vitality, or joy. On the contrary, you will become what the Father had in mind when he created you, and you will be faithful to your deepest self. To depend on God sets us free from every form of enslavement and leads us to recognize our great dignity. 
So when I say that word holiness, uh, it might come with some baggage for you, right? You might be thinking of like the old people from church that you remember growing up, maybe like the, the Ned Flanders, to use an image from the Simpsons of, of your life. You probably have these people in your life that you might have saw and thought, well, they were the holy ones. Um, and then you also might feel like, I don't want to be like them. <laughs> well, I have good news for you. To become holy isn't necessarily to become like them, although they probably have good qualities that are worth emulating too. It's to become more and more fully who you are, but more perfectly who you are, uh, and also simultaneously how God is. So do not be afraid of holiness. It won't take away your energy, vitality, and joy. Right? We're not called to this sort of stale, passionless uh, obedience no, it, it's dynamic and joyful. It's a life with God in the Spirit. It's a foretaste, a prelude to heaven. Uh, Pope Francis says, you will become what the Father had in mind when he created you. Like I said, God always intended us for, to be in relationship with him. To be out of relationship with God distorts and destroys our nature. To be in relationship with God heals and perfects our nature. Um, so you'll be faithful to your deepest self, he says. Uh, some some uh, people will say that to be holy is to be the greatest version of yourself or the best version of yourself, and I agree with that. So all of this talk of holiness uh, can cause distress. I know it does in my heart and mind. Uh, hearing something like "Be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect," that that's difficult. And I know right away the enemy of my nature, the accuser, the enemy of my soul, or Satan, starts to accuse me with with lies about myself. Right, that accuser of our nature. What what will bring to mind is your sins. Right. So already in this episode, you've probably thought of ways that you fall short. Whatever your your predominant faults are, whatever your vices are, whatever your sins are. Um, so in in light of those sins, that enemy is going to try to pull you in two opposite extremes two unhelpful dispositions toward that brokenness, toward those places of, of uh, being not like God. The first one, which I think seems holy, I might mistaken this of hol- as holiness as an overreaction. So it's an act of self-condemnation, right? I- I'm sinning because I'm terrible, I'm bad, right? It's this beating yourself up kind of dynamic that we can fall into. And we might think that this is motivating to, to beat ourselves up, to be terrible to ourselves, to, to be negative, to dwell on our sin and overreact to our awareness of our sinfulness. In fact, this is, this is an overemphasis of me in my spiritual life. Right? As, as I sin, I shouldn't be surprised, <laughs> right? One, a prayer that I was introduced to once is to say when you sin, well, God, this is what I'm like without you. <laughs> right? It's just a humble recognition that without God, I am deranged, I am broken, I am wounded. I need God in my life to heal me. So this, this kind of overreaction to our sin can push us into hiding, can push us into a shame response. This is what Adam and Eve did right after they committed the original sin. It says that they hid from the Lord. And the Lord calls out to, to them, uh, where are you? Right. This isn't God wondering where Adam and Eve are. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows where they are. He's inviting them into reflecting on where they are. Where are you? What's going on inside of you? What's changed? Notice how you're different now after sinning as you were before you were sinning. And the Lord treats them uh, both with justice and mercy. 
right? So, so the Lord doesn't take away all the negative effects of their sin, right? There's consequences to their action. But I would propose that all of these consequences are also redemptive on some level. Because in light of their sin, Adam and Eve's nature has been changed. It's been distorted. So they're no longer in the garden, right? But you, you might think that the garden could now be dangerous. <laughs> Having unlimited fruit and, and no need for structure and order in your life it could actually be a bad place to be with a heart wounded with sin. They have to work for the food they're going to eat now. Um, but there is also something redeeming in labor. There's something ordering in labor. It's that that. F- good feeling you have at the end of a hard day of accomplishment, right? There's an ordering in the human heart that happens when we do that work. Uh, there, there's now this brokenness in their relationship. The Lord says that to Eve that your desire will be for your husband and his desire will be to dominate you. Um, so, so yeah, that's hard. But, but by working out this disorder in human relationships, there's this ordering in our whole person, right? Our, our relationships become schools of prayer, they become schools of holiness and virtue. Um, so by becoming a communion of persons, we're, we're more in an image and likeness of God than we are at any other time. Uh, so by, by working against these things, these areas of sin, uh, it's like medicine uh, from the original sin. So all of the consequences that Adam and Eve have to face as a result of their sin are also redemptive. And in the end, God gives them the promise of their ultimate redemption, this is sometimes called the proto-evangelium, or like the first gospel or proto-gospel. Uh, and that is that the woman's offspring will, will crush the head of the serpent. Right? So, so God doesn't leave them where they're at, and then he, he clothes them too. Right? There's all this tenderness and mercy uh, when I read that, that story. So we don't need to overreact to our sin. You know, It shouldn't be surprising that you've sinned again. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. Uh, we need to repent. Um, but not overreact, because then we're going to hide from God like Adam and Eve and carry a shame that's going to drive us to more sin. The other extreme we're going to get pulled into is an underreaction. Right? We might think something like, well, what I did wasn't actually that bad. Right? I'm not doing one of these big sins that bad people do, whatever we define those big sins as in our life. In our culture, a lot of times, we, uh, we have a hyperemphasis on like sexual struggles or, or like things against other people, like if, if we hurt somebody or killed someone. <laughs> so it might tell her something like, well, I don't struggle with those big things. Uh, but this underreaction can bring us to a place of truce with our sin, right? where we're no longer really struggling against it. We're no longer trying to grow out of it. Uh, we give up for making a change. And, and really, this is an expression of despair. Right, God doesn't want me to be that perfect. I'm just going to accept the fact that I still do this sin and that God still loves me, and I'm going to go forward with my life not trying to change. So we have to avoid these two extremes. We have to avoid an overreaction to sin, a self-condemnation that, that drives us to shame and fear and hiding from God. And we also have to avoid an underreaction to our sin, which is really giving up on, re, on a full redemption making a truce with that sin and despairing that will ever truly be like God. What the Lord is calling us to is the truth. The truth, a humble recognition of this is who I am and this is what I do. And then in that truth, bringing ourselves to him with trust and with love as the divine physician and saying, Lord, heal me. And I would propose that with this disposition of trust 
and bringing our heart to the Lord, we need to have an openness and a curiosity about ourselves, asking ourselves questions like, why can't I live without this sin? Right? Why do I keep falling into this? Where does this come from? Am I reenacting some wound or trauma from my childhood? Is there, is there something in me uh, physically that I'm acting out of? Maybe I'm chronically sleep deprived, and so I'm always yelling at my children. Uh, well, maybe sleeping more would help, right? Maybe there's something physically you could look at. Um, maybe there's something that you've never told anyone about, right, that you've kept a secret, thinking, oh, once, once I fix this, then I'll tell people about my heart, <laughs> right? I'm going to fix myself. W- whatever it is, um, we need to approach ourselves with truth and with curiosity and wonder and discover the roots of our sin and then bring our heart to the Lord for healing, love, and forgiveness. Going back to this idea that the wages of sin is death, uh, and that we might have an underreaction to our sin, making a truce with it, just accepting the fact that that this is what I do. Uh, really, living in habitual sin, it's like renting a place in hell, and the monthly payment is your time, energy, and joy. <laughs> this sounds kind of harsh, but the wages of sin is death, right? So, so we need to to strive in truth and in self love. And, and in a God-centered way for redemption. So the episodes after this, this is what we're really focusing on. We're going to talk a lot about physical health. We're going to talk a lot about spiritual health. We're going to talk about mental health and, and different things we discover through science and through revelation um, to, to grow in these areas. But ultimately, the goal is to become like God, meaning we're going to be transformed on the surface. We're also going to grow out of, out of our sin. Um, but ultimately, the goal is to become like God for a full functioning and flourishing of us as a human person, body, mind, and soul. And this also happens in the context of community. Right? So we don't do this in isolation. It's not just Jesus and me. It's, it's a church. We're in, in community. We're in community with our spouses and friends, our children, uh, with our pastors, with our physical and spiritual fathers and mothers, uh, whether they be here on earth or in heaven. So I want to bring us to a close today with another quote from uh, Rejoice and Be Glad from Pope Francis. This is from paragraph 175. Pope Francis says, When in God's presence we examine our life's journey, no areas can be off limits. In all aspects of life, we can continue to grow and offer something greater to God, even in those areas we find most difficult. We need, though, to ask the Holy Spirit to liberate us and to expel the fear that makes us ban him from certain parts of our lives. God asks everything of us, yet he also gives everything to us. We must not want to enter our lives to cripple or diminish them. I'll say that again. I I misspoke. God does not want to enter our lives to cripple or diminish them, but to bring them to fulfillment. So we need to bring everything to God, everything from our story, everything from our, our journey, and ask him to, to heal us. Right? The Lord will work miracles in your life. There are some things that he will heal, and, and they might even be healed right away. And this, this should happen also in the context of community. So it's not just you praying for your healing, but ask other people to pray for you, and even ask other people to pray over you for that healing. Right? The Lord wants us to love each other in this way. 
But some things the Lord isn't going to take away right away. Right? No one is instantaneously made perfect by a single prayer. Right? So sometimes we, we come back to the Lord over and over again asking for his prayer. And sometimes that healing process is gradual. Uh, there's a, a miracle in the Gospels um, where Jesus prays over a man multiple times. And, and after the first praying, the, the problem sort of like half healed. <laughs> and then once praying over him a second time, then his, his vision is restored perfectly. So there might be a gradual process of God coming into our life. And maybe the Lord wants to work out a healing that's seemingly more natural, meaning God's going to not come into your life in, in a, a, an overtly supernatural way and intervene in your, your body and soul and heal it, but God's going to come alongside your will, strengthen your will, give you insight and direction, guide the process, uh, give you uh, all the spiritual gifts you need to go through a natural healing process whether that, that be bringing uh, some kind of doctor or mental health professional into your life for you to work with through the process, or, or maybe through a process of lifestyle change. Uh, and maybe it's going to be a combination of the two, right? Supernatural interventions in prayer and also a, a natural intervention of God coming alongside your will uh, to strengthen you to be healed. Uh, so I would invite you all into this journey with me. If you're already on the way, and praise God. Uh, I hope that you could avoid these extremes, the extreme of, of overreacting or underreacting to your sin. Um, I struggle with that too. I, I go way toward the overreaction side. Actually, just in my last confession, uh, the priest was, was giving me some insight and in, in, in loving me with the Father's heart about some of that overreacting that I do. So I'm right here with you. Um, you know, just because I have a mic in front of my face doesn't mean I'm holy. Uh, you you might have that that thought that like oh these these Catholic people who who talk on on the radio or on a podcast they got it all figured out. Well, uh, I'll let you behind the curtain. Uh, none of us are are perfect. Uh, me especially not. So I invite you in this journey, but to know that you have to bring your whole life to the Lord, uh, even the places that you want to hide the most, and that bringing to the Lord often includes bringing it to other people too. Uh, and there's some discernment and wisdom to bring it to the right people, right? We, we don't want to push the Holy Spirit out out of fear. The Lord wants to liberate us and set us free. Our whole journey toward God is God-centered, God-focused, God-driven. God wants me to be holy more than I want to be holy. God wants me to be healed more than I want to be healed. God is more present to me than I am to him in, in every way. Uh, God is the initiator and sustainer of what's happening, whether that's obvious or, or whether it, it's uh, veiled behind a natural process. The Lord is the protagonist of your healing. He wants this more than you do, and he wants it for me more than I do. Um, so let's come to the Lord this week with our hearts open to him. Uh, go deeper with him. Bring your heart to him in prayer and, and come back to physically spiritual as we start to dig into topics about how to heal physically, mentally, and spiritually. Before we end, I want to just remind you of my website. If you want to learn more on these topics or you want help applying these ideas in your life, you can find my blog and coaching practice at becominggift.com. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow App. 
The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hello.app slash awaken.